0: Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Lawulhamdu Hassan wa Thanawul Jamil Waashadu Allah la ilaha illallah wahtahu la sharika lah Waashadu an la ilaha illallah wahtahu la sharika lah Yaqululul haq wa huwa yahdi al-sabil Waashadu an la ilaha illallah wahtahu la sharika lah Waashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh All praise and thanks is due to Allahu Azza wa Jal Peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his family and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Kalufama jaza in kuntum kadibin. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says what will be the punishment? Penalty if it turns out that you are lying so what's happening here is that remember last week they were caught so a caller calls out and he says that we found the cup or a mug or whatever right a vessel in the one of the bags So, they say in that line, in saying that we are not thieves, you have just said that we don't steal. So remember last week, of the last verses, the brothers, they said that we are not thieves. We don't steal. We are not those people that you think that we are. Because we've never stolen anything, and we are not stealing anything here as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he told... Nabi Yusuf or inspired Nabi Yusuf To do it this way The reason for this is because In the law of the Egyptians At that time No foreigner could remain in Egypt So a thief would be punished Like most other thieves Are punished either by being whipped Or a penalty Or to give double back so, in order for him to keep his brother, he needed to have come up with a plan. qalu jaza'uhu min. Right? wujida rahlihi fahua jaza'uhu ka'dhalika najzi So now the brothers, so they speak, and they said that the penalty should be that he in whose bag it is found should be held Responsible for the punishment. So search the bags. If you find it or in whose bag you have found it. Then this person must be what? They must be held accountable. <coughs> and then Allah ends the verse and says. <الظَّالِمِين> that thus we punish the ظَالِمُونَ Those people that do wrong. So this means That. Whoever they find the cup in his bag, he will become a slave. And this was the law that Ya'qub and the children of Israel had at that time. So they had a different law now. The Egyptians had one law. But the brothers are given the law of the children of Israel, the law of Ya'qub. And that is that if you catch the person that has the stolen item, then what happens to him? He becomes a slave. And this was the sharia that Allah had given to Ya'qub a.s. And of course, Nabi Yusuf, he knows the sharia. Because he comes from Ya'qub. So he knows exactly what he is doing. كَذَٰلِكَ Right, We come to this a bit later. So he allows them the opportunity to tell him how the culprit should be punished. Right? This again, wisdom shows you the mind of Nabi Yusuf. Right? Allah obviously inspires him but it shows you also how he thinks. And a brilliant mind. So what does he do? He knows the law. He knows the Egyptian law. And he knows the law of his father. So what does he do? He uses this law of his dad to keep his brother. And he obviously knew that they are going to give the law of Yaqub salam. They don't know the Egyptian law. So they are going to say, you know what? You caught the person. If you catch him, what must you do? You must keep him. He becomes your slave. And Nabi Yusuf, he will act upon this. So they say that the penalty is that whoever is caught stealing shall become a slave to the one whom he stole from. This was the law of Ya'qub a.s. And then Allah Azzawajal, He says, And this is how we deal with transgressors. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, you need to realize that the Zalim, the oppressor, the transgressor, you will never ever escape. You might escape on this dunya. You might get through things on this world. right? But on the day of Qiyamah, in the court of Allah Azza wa jal, what's going to happen? There's going to be now, What? Right? No escape. It's going to be nothing. He's going to be taken to task for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to take him to task for. And sometimes we as an ummah, sometimes we feel sad. know what's happening around us. What's happening in the world. You know, we feel a bit sad that this person is doing such and this group is oppressing the Muslims here and this happens here and that happens there. But at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all aware of what is happening. And Allah azza wa jal will either, if He does not take them to task on this dunya, this is why there is a Qiyamah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, and we recite this every single day, in every salah, that Maliki Yawmiddin, That he is the king, he is the owner of the day of resurrection, on the day of Qiyamah. And this is Allahu Azza wa And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carries on in the surah and he says, فَبَدَأَ بِأَوْعِيَتِهِمْ قَبْلَ وِعَاءِ أَخِيهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَخْرَجَهَا مِنْ وعائ أخيه كذلك كذل ليوسف ما كان ليأخذ أخاه في دين الملك إلا أيا شاء الله نرفع درجات من نشاء وفوق كل ذي علم أليم. So he, نبي يوسف. He began the search in the bags before the bag of his brother right remember this piece then he brought out he, or he brought it out of his brother's bag and this is referring to Benjamin. thus did we plan for yusuf right we planned this for yusuf to do he could not take his brother by the law of the king as a slave except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed it. So Allah made the brothers to bind themselves with a way of punishment, enslaving a thief. We raise to degrees whom we please. Right? Allah says that we raise whomsoever we will. But over all those endowed with knowledge is the all-knowing who is Allah azza wa So now, if you take note, you will notice that here Nabi Yusuf speaks for himself. So now it becomes singular, right? The first few verses, the end of last week's class and the verses that we start, the callers were calling out and they spoke about we, right? The group of them. But here Nabi Yusuf himself, right? He says that what must happen? That the whole congregation and the caravan needs to be brought back to the palace. So now they are in the court of Nabi Yusuf. They are standing in front of Nabi Yusuf. And Nabi Yusuf now takes over the plot because he knows exactly what he wants to do. And the only thing that he planted in the minds of the Mu'addin. and here the Mu'addin is not the person that calls the Adhan, but the Mu'addin is a caller. So remember the caller last week at the end, he called out. That indeed there is a thief and the item of the king is missing. So the Mu'adhin, he was to make the announcement of the penalty. And the rest of the plot, he cannot tell anybody else. And not even the Mu'adhin knows what is going on. Again, an important lesson. Sometimes in life, there comes a time you're busy with something that no one else needs to know. Only you need to know that. Correct. And there's no need to tell everyone else Because you need to fulfill a mission You need to do something So this should stay with you So according to one interpretation That is why he calls them thieves Because nobody else knows So he begins On Nabi Yusuf he began to take charge so, no one else actually knew the plot or what Nabi Yusuf was trying to do, so that's why the caller called out and he said that he is a thief. Nabi Yusuf never called him a thief, it was the Muaddin. So, now the question is. Why does he start, or why doesn't he start with his brother? Because there are 11 possibilities. Right? There are 11 bags. Now imagine he jumps straight. The first bag he gets, he finds it. What's going to happen? Right? They're going to say, look here, something isn't right here. Mm. Something is fishy. Mm. Right? Imagine. You plant something. With someone, right? On Narudu Billah. And then now you want to do the investigation, and that's the first place you go to. People's gonna think, no, man, something isn't right here. They will ask, How did you know? How did this happen? Out of all the bags, why did you go straight to Bini bag? So he plays the plot out. This again, human psychology. And they are confident that none of them would steal. You must remember, they are confident, because none of them took it. So they say, look here, you can search, and you can search, you're not going to find anything. And you must remember that they are the sons of a prophet, and they are not going to steal. Also, they are in a foreign land, and they have a reputation to keep up. So they are confident, that they are not involved in this stealing. Every time a bag is opened, they are like, you know what? They can you see? That wasn't asthma. We told you it's not us. <laughs> right? So imagine, just put this in an everyday scenario. Someone comes, something goes missing. Right? They say, look here, everyone needs to sit now in this room. But you, everyone knows, look here, it wasn't asthma. So now they open the first bag, right? And everyone's like, yeah, can you see? We told you. But it gets more interesting. ثُمَّ استَخْرَجَهَا مِنْ وِعَاءِ أَخِي كَذَلِكَ Li لِيُوسُفَ And then, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, lo and behold, they eased the cup and he took it out from the bag of his own brother. From Bin means bag. And this is how we plotted for Yusuf. Meaning that Yusuf did not do this himself. Yusuf could not think through this plot himself. But we, referring to who? To Allah Azzawajal. That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala was the one that told Nabi Yusuf to do this and this is what he did. مَا كَانَ akhahu fi فِي دِينِ الْمَلِكِ So he would not have been able to keep his brother according to the deen of the king now remember the dean of the king was three things either you must pay back double or you get whipped right but there was nothing of keeping him but the deen of Yaku is that someone steals from you what do you do you take them as a slave, slave. so this really shows us what deen means here right so all of us we have this understanding that dean means religion But this clearly shows us that deen is more than a religion but rather deen is a system it is a way of life it is a system of life again this is what islam is my beloved brothers and sisters in islam islam is not just in the masjid or islam is not just in the month of ramadan or the months of hajj islam is a way of life whether you're at work, whether you're doing a business deal, whether you're playing football, whether you're playing cricket, whatever it might be, this is the way of life. Sometimes you find brothers, subhanAllah, and even amongst our sisters, mutadayin, right? Good people and the outward, pious people making salah, pain, you know, doing what they need to do. But. If you do a business deal with him, you see another other side. Maybe they have an appointment, you see an other side. And this is what is referred to here by Deen, that Deen is a way of life, it is a system of life. It is not just to practice rituals, but it is supposed to be our everyday dealings. This is our Islam. This shows us that we are Muslims. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The people that embraced Islam in his time, did most of them embrace Islam because of him giving muhaldarat, giving talks and calling people to Islam? Or was it through his muamalah, through his actions? It was through his actions as many of the ulama say. Because of his actions, he's dealing with people the way he was. This was what brought people to the deen of Islam. Allah Right? U illa ayasha Allahu Narufa udarajatin man nasha wafawka kulli di il min alim. Except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had willed. And this is how we raise people. Whomsoever we please or whomsoever we are pleased with, we will. Raise them, is what Allah is saying. And above every person of knowledge, there are people who have more knowledge. And above all the people of knowledge is Allah Azza wa Jal. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one that raises people. tasha, wa tu man tasha. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives izzah. He gives rank to people. And, watu مَن mantasha, And He takes us away also from people. He disgraces people. He puts people down. <coughs> How many persons? Right? And we all know of this. Someone, mashallah, tabarakallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted him with a dunya, with a lot of wealth, with a lot of status, whatever it might be. But then you see that same person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, removes it. And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He can do with His slaves, with whatever He wills. So one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or rather a description, is Rafi'ud-Darajat, the one that raises up ranks. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He raises. And Allah raises and honors, Whomsoever He wills. But the same Allah, He can lower and He can disgrace, Whomsoever He wills as well. Right? And you find many of the verses in the Quran, Or there are many verses, That speaks about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Raises the ranks of, Of people and this is linked to what? To ilm, to knowledge. And we find that Nabi Yusuf, he has knowledge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has raised his ranks. Because of his interpretation of dreams, correct? Where does he find himself now? As a minister, as an aziz. And this is why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said that, The preference over the alim has over the worshipper and the difference in the ranks that the scholar has over the worshipper is like that of a full moon over all of the other stars. Last night, the night before was full moon. What do you just see in the night? You just see the moon, you don't see the stars. Stars are there, but you don't see it. So knowledge is the number one factor that raises ranks. How many people don't we know that you've only met, you've only discussed, you've only sat in the company because of knowledge, not because of anything else. There was no money, there was no sport, there was no family ties, there was nothing. But it is because of knowledge. How many of the greatest ulama, Have you not heard of, have you not read their books, have you not sat in their talks, have you not spoken about them? Only because of what? Because of their knowledge, because of nothing else. It's not because of their money, not because of their children, not because of their families, of their status. It's because of knowledge. That's how we know. How did we get to travel? How did we get to spend time in the blessed city of Medina? It's because of knowledge. Had it not been because of this ilm, because of knowledge, we would have not gotten there. And the Prophet wasallam he said, The superiority of an alim over an abid, over a worshipper, is like that of the full moon over all of the stars. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters, is a beautiful metaphor. As we know, When there is no moon in the skies above us, we see millions and billions of stars. Obviously, we don't see this nowadays because there's too much light, right? Too much artificial light. But drive, right? Drive on the N2, on the N1, go to the Karoo, right? You know, when it's dark and there's no moon, what do you see? You see a lot of stars. And... Right? Go where there's no light. So maybe there's, you know, some low shedding and you just see pitch dark and then maybe you look up and the moon's not out that night, then you might see some stars. So all of those stars, however, don't give you any light that is of benefit. And there is millions of stars, but you are in pitch black darkness where you are and they don't benefit you. So you see the star but it doesn't give you that light. Whereas the moon, when it shines on its full moon, 13, 14, 15, what happens? You can actually see. You will find some people, they will say that maybe, they never had electricity, whatever the story was, and they could go out on the full moon and they could actually read a book. They could actually read. That's how bright and, this is what the light that they got. So one moon comes along and what happens to those billions of stars is that they are eclipsed now. They are gone. They are vanished. So when there is a full moon, you only see one or sometimes two or three stars. Maybe the north star and some other stars and that's it. But the billions and the millions of the other stars, they are disappeared and they have vanished. So that moon is only or is only one unlike the billions of stars? But the light from the full moon is so bright that it will cast a shadow in the middle of the night. And alhamdulillah when, you know we lived in Saudi Arabia and you maybe travel that night through the desert or you went somewhere and, that, and this is what you would see, you just see stars and stars and then when you travel during the 13th, 14th, or 15th, then you will actually see, if you're in the desert, you see how bright this moon really is. So why do you think the Prophet ﷺ brings this metaphor forward? Because a person of knowledge, he will eclipse right, thousands and thousands of worshippers one alim one person of knowledge will eclipse it is not even equal nor is it even the same because a worshiper and abid right he's fasting he's praying he's giving sadaqa he's reciting quran he's making adhkar alhamdulillah this is good right but this only benefits who it benefits himself right your recitation of quran you're making salah, you're fasting on a Monday and Thursday, the 13th, 14th, 15th. You're giving sadaqa, you're paying your zakah. It only benefits you, whereas the student of knowledge, the alim, he is benefiting who? He's benefiting the ummah. Right? He's benefiting society. And this is why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has raised their ranks in such a way. But having said that also, of the first people, I'm not going to go into detail, but of the first people that will be held accountable on the day of Qiyamah, is going to be that very same scholars, it's going to be that very same student of knowledge, it's going to be that very same ulama, that what did you do with the knowledge that you had? Right. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says Qalu In yasrik Faqad saraka Akhun lahu min qablu Fa asarraha yusufu Fi nafsihi Walam Diha lahum Qala antum sharrun makana Wallahu a'lamu bima Tasifun Subhanallah these brothers <laughs> Right they some good but also, Allah mustahil. They said, right, because now what happens? Nabi Yusuf, he found the cup, the vessel in whose bag? In means bag. So now the brother says that if he steals, if you find it with him, then there was a brother before him that stole before him. Meaning, they say that Nabi Yusuf stole. But these things did Yusuf keep to himself? Meaning, Nabi Yusuf, he kept this in... He never obviously, they still don't know it's him. So he kept quiet, revealing not the secrets to them, meaning he didn't tell them who he is. He said within himself that you are in worst case and Allah knows best the truth of what you assert. My beloved brothers, what is this all about? Why would they say that there was a previous brother referring to Nabi Yusuf that he also stole? So now, first of all, Benjamin is caught red-handed. So they have to disassociate themselves with Benjamin, and this is where they actually start, maybe even saying that you know what, he's not really our full brother man; he's only our half brother. And also, that his br- brother before him, his full brother, also had this issue. He also stole. And you know, this is family politics. Every family has this in their families. So now, the ulama, they say that this is an outright lie. Or they are exaggerating a story that happened when Nabi Yusuf was younger. So there are a number of interpretations of exactly what happened. There are two or three stories that are mentioned in the books of Tafsir. But the one that seems to be the most strongest, the most authentic one, is that Nabi Yusuf's maternal, so coming from his mother's side, that his or Nabi Yusuf's maternal grandfather was a pagan and an idol worshipper. And obviously this cannot be from his paternal side. Because his paternal grandfather was who? Was Ishaq. Right? Alayhi salatu wasallam. salam. So his mother's father was an idol worshipper and he wanted to get rid of this idolatry in his house. And just like Nabi Ibrahim did before him, his great-grandfather, he took the idol and he gave a story around it. So what does Nabi Yusuf do? He basically takes it and he hides it away. Hey? Right? It's not stealing. But he took this idol and he hid it away or he threw it away or whatever he did. And the reason for doing this was for what? Was so that his father his grandfather cannot be involved in idol worship. Is it stealing or not? No. So he did this also while he was a young boy, he was a young child. When he did this, his grandfather accused him of stealing the idol. Like how in the story of Nabi Ibrahim When everyone went out for the day of Eid For the day of celebration, what did he do? He chopped the idol, right? And he left the axe And then when they came, what does he say? When they said, he says, ask that one What happened to the other one? <coughs> right? This was your God So this is exactly And this is basically what happened And this is why they came onto this thing That Binia means other brother also, stole. فَأَصَرُّهَا يُوسُفُ فِي نَفْسِهِ وَلَمْ يُبْدِهَا لَهُمْ But Yusuf, he kept this to himself and he did not reveal it. Reveal what? So number one, he never revealed his identity. They didn't know that this was Yusuf, but Yusuf <coughs> knew who they were. Number two, he didn't reveal his anger. Obviously, imagine, someone says, you know what? That guy was a thief man. He stole. And if you are uh, an upright righteous person and you know you didn't steal, you obviously, your blood's going to boil. Right? You're going to get upset. And exactly what happened. So here he's controlling his anger. Number three also, he doesn't defend himself. As you can see, because as he defended himself, what's going to happen? Then the whole plot, Gets lost. Because now they know exactly who Yusuf is. قَالَ شَرٌ مَكَانًا وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا تَصِفُونَ He said that within himself, right? you are in worst case. And Allah knows best the truth of what you assert. So now he's basically speaking to himself or speaking under his breath you have accused two people of stealing Bini Amin and Yusuf but you are worse off than them you try to kill Yusuf you try to throw Yusuf in there well now you still want to throw Bini under the bus as well because now you're saying what that he stole like how he's other brothers stole so this was going through Nabi Yusuf's mind so this means that your characteristics of Yusuf and Bin Yamin, Allah is aware that they are not true. Right? Allah is aware of everything. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He knows that this is not the characteristics of Nabi Yusuf. This is not the characteristics of Bin Yamin. قَالُوا يَا ya أَيُّهَا الْعَزِيزِ إِنَّ لَهُ أَبَنْ شَيْخًا كبيرًا. فَخُذْ أحدنا مَكَانَهُ إننا مِنَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ So now what's happening now? Now they're starting to bargain. right? They said to Nabi Yusuf, O oh, Aziz, he has a father who is a Sheikh and he is Kabir. Right? Explain this now. So why don't you take one of us instead of him? We see you to be of those who are very righteous and very noble. The first thing they did was disconnect from Binyamin, right? He is not of us. He is not of our tribe. His mother is not our mother. So maybe Binyamin's mother and Nabi Yusuf's mother came from a different tribe and their mother was from a different tribe. Then also they realize what is happening now. They realize that there is serious trouble. They promised their father that, what? They will all come back. They are going to bring Bini Amin back. And now out of all the brothers, who they want to keep? Bini Amin. This is a problem. But they already lost Yusuf. Right? The father already lost his eyesight because of Yusuf. Now what's the law of mean? They trusted him. He sent him with him. But now they come back without him. And see the first tactic. They say, Oh Aziz. So from here some scholars derive that Nabi Yusuf he became the Aziz. That was his master because they were using the same term. So now his rank is extremely high. So they say, "Oh, Aziz, that verily, oh, or that verily, ha- he has a father," referring to Benjamin. That Benjamin has a father who is a sheikh and he is very old. Why do they say that he has a father? Is it not the same father? Is it not all of their fathers? Right. So two reasons. Number one, to bring some extra sympathy. And the second one goes to the issue that they did not feel much connection between themselves and Binyamin. In the first interpretation, it is as if they are making Nabi Yusuf more sympathetic. The one that you took, his father. right? He's waiting for him. You took that guy, but it's his father. Man. It's more sympathy. The second interpretation is as if they don't actually feel that level of love for him. That he has a father and it is not necessarily our father. Take one of us instead because we see you to be a person of excellent, of great character. A muhsin. <coughs> He said, اللَّهُ subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, فُبَدْ إِلَّا مَنْ وَجَدْنَا مَتَاعَنَا عِنْدَهُ إِذَا He said that Allah forbid, اللَّهِ That we should take anyone but him with whom we found our property. Imagine! Someone finds him guilty here. Yeah. Right? This person is guilty. He has the stuff on him. But I come along, I say, you know what man? That's fine man. Take him, that's alright. Lost for that's, I'm going to take him. Does that doesn't make sense? Doesn't make sense. And see, here yeah, he's still saying, Ma'ad Allah, right? The one in whose refuge is sought is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? He is seeking refuge. Is right? He didn't say Arudhu Billah, which is the verb and it means that I am seeking refuge in Allah. But rather he says Ma'adallah in the one in whose refuge is sought. And this is more powerful than saying Arudhubilla. So he says that we seek Allah's refuge in taking anyone other than the one whom we found our belongings with. So notice that he was accused of stealing, right? He was accused of stealing, but if you notice that Nabi Yusuf, he cannot say the one who stole, because he knows that it was planted and the person did not actually steal. So because his brother, right, like we mentioned, his brother didn't actually steal this. So he had to say, he couldn't use the word, the one who stole. And if we were to do this, we would be of those who are guilty of committing injustice. Imagine, right, Nabi Yusuf is saying, that if I were to take one of you, and I send Bindi then this is what? This is dhulm, this is oppression, and what is dhulm, dhulm is wad ushay, it is to place something in some, right, in something where it is not supposed to be placed, so for example I have a liter bottle, right, and now I want to put two liters in it, so I'm making dhulm on the bottle. Right? I'm oppressing this bottle. Why? Because I want to put two liters in a liter. And this is why dhulm right? is so bad. And the greatest of dhulm is what? Is? is shirk. Because you are ascribing and you are putting something to Allah Azzawajal or giving someone else the power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has only to himself. Falammas. Right? And then Allah says, Falamma. Right? Ufalammas tay'asu minhu khalasu Najiya. Qala kabiruhum, alam ta'lamu anna abakum qad akhada alaykum mawthiqa. Minalahi wa min kablu mafarratum fi Yusuf. Falan abrah al arda hatta ya than ali abi o yakumullahu li wa huwa khayrul hakimi. So when they despaired of him, they held a conference in private. So now the the sten brothers, now they meeting. Right? Najwa, right, a private gathering. The elders of them said, Know you not that your father took an oath from you in Allah's name? Right, remember they took an oath that they're going to bring him back. But also remember the father did say that if an exterior influence takes place, for example, you guys are involved in a fight and someone passes away and, you know, they hijacked and that, we can understand that. And before this you did fail in your duty with Yusuf They failed Yusuf Therefore I will not leave this land until my father permits me Or Allah decides my case by releasing Bini And he is the best of the judges right? It is difficult to talk about Arabic eloquence But sometimes we have to Falamma Right, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he could have said, "Fala ma yaisu minhu," meaning, "When they despaired of him." But rather, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he said, "Fala mas and the sin and the ta are for seeking more. So, if you study the bit of Arabic, you will know, "Istaf'ala yastaf'ilu," right? TO SEEK, ISTIGHFAR, TO SEEK Subhanahu wa TA'ALA'S FORGIVENESS. SO THIS ALIF AND THE SEEN IS FOR WHAT? OR THE TA AND THE SEEN IS FOR? TO SEEK. AND HERE THEY TRIED AND THEY TRIED AND THEY TRIED AND THEN THEY GAVE UP. SO THEY WERE TRYING TO SEEK AND THEY WERE TRYING TO SEEK AND THEY WERE TRYING TO SEEK UNTIL THEY COULDN'T ANYMORE. Right? Khalasu najiya. So they broke away. They went to a private gathering. Right? Surah. The start of the 28th. Choose. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this. Najwa of a secret open, separate. And that is why, my beloved brothers, ikhlas is ikhlas. Right? Sincerity. Because you break away from others to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word najiyan or najah means to, have a, to be in secret. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He pro, prohibits us to have munajah, to not have secret talks unless, unless it is for something good. So here we see that the eldest brother, he says, don't you know what your father took some a promise from you? He took from you a covenant with Allah's name and before this we had already fallen short and committed a mistake with regards to Yusuf. I will never leave this land until... Until my father gives me permission or Allah judges something else in my case. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of all judges. So here we see the next word, farratta, means to be less than what is required. So here we find that the eldest brother, is the one that starts to speak. And here the ulama say that this shows you that now he starts to feel guilty and his righteousness has start to begin. So this change has begun and now the guilt is catching up to him. They say that this was the same person according to most scholars that said do not kill Nabi Yusuf. And he was the one that rather came up with the idea, according to most ulama, that rather throw him in a well, and someone would catch him or get him in the well, etc., etc. So we find that in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa taala, He doesn't mention who this is, right? Remember, they just said that one of them said, "Put him in the well and do not kill him." Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is specifying that this is the eldest. So, why do you think this? Right, so a part of our deen tells us that we should hide the faults of others. But we should mention the good. If somebody does a mistake, we try our best to hide this fault. Now, obviously here, right, there's a flip side to the coin as well. So for example, right, someone comes, I'm use the example of marriage just to make it a bit easier. Right? Someone has a daughter and there's someone interested in this daughter. But this person that's interested, just use the example, the person is on drugs. And you don't know he's on drugs. But I know. So now must I keep quiet? Must I cover his faults? No. Right? Because now it's going to affect someone else's life. So you go and you obviously just explain the B minimum. You don't go into details, you know, he buys <laughs> right now. You're gonna say he drives all the he drives to Menenburg, for example, he drives to a Nova Park. You know, he goes to this flat at that number, and this is where he purchases stuff. No. Or you just say, you know what, uncle? This person is on drugs, there's proof that he's on drugs. So I don't think it's a good idea to let your daughter marry. Right? Understood? So same thing with business. Someone he can't you. Right? Or he conned all of us in this room. Now he's going somewhere else to con someone else. It's our duty to go and go tell that person. Look here, don't do business with him. Because this is what he did. You can't say, no, I must cover his faults now. But then he does the whole umma in. Doesn't make sense. So, it might be better than killing him, but this is still a crime right again throwing him in the well we're still wrong it's still a crime but obviously it's a lesser crime than killing him and then Allah subhanahu right or carry on and this is the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as well that when someone committed a crime or he did something bad then the prophet peace be upon him would say why do some amongst you do this he would never mention the person's name, or you never say in a gathering, why did you do that? Right? Again, a lesson for all of us, and especially for us sitting on this side of the chair, right, sitting on this side of the desk, that sometimes you find things you, right, that you maybe need to correct. But how we correct it is extremely important. And this obviously is going to take a lot of time, and it needs another Dars or two, another two or three lessons just on this topic itself. And then Allah says at the end of that verse that and he is the best of all those who pass judgment. This shows that he has accepted the judgment of Allah. It is as if he is saying Oh Allah, I know that I am guilty for what happened with Yusuf and I know that your judgment will come. I put my trust in you and I know that you are of forgiving. I know that You are the best in judgment. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of judges. No human person is going to judge. Right? They might err here. They might be correct in one case, might make a mistake in the next case. Someone might come to you. You might give a correct answer now, tomorrow you give an incorrect answer. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah He's going to do what? He's the best of judges. This is why the Prophet said, even two animals, where the one killed the other one unjustly. On the day of Qiyamah, what's going to happen? Maybe that one animal never had wounds. Allah is going to give him wounds and he's going to say, Now take justice with that animal. These are animal, insignificant creatures. Right? To us, that's how we think. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. Every single thing is going to be sorted out. And then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Irji'u ila abikum, faquulu ya abana, inna abnaka wa ma shahidna illa bima alimna, wama kunna lil ghaibi hafizin." Return to your father and say, that, "O oh, our father, verily your son bin Yamin has stolen, and we testify not, except according to what we know, and what we could not know or and we could not know the unseen. So what is this testimony? This testimony is Bini Yamin, that Bini Amin that he stole. And they saw this. Or it is that they testified to Yusuf regarding the punishment of the thief. Our Shahada to Yusuf when Yusuf asked us, What should the punishment be? And we gave our testimony. Right? Remember that Nabi Yusuf asked them, and they said that you must keep the Person that stole as a slave, and when we could not have possibly known this ilmul ghayb, we could not have known when we testified. Right? What's what's going on here? They obviously didn't know that they're going to find the cup in Benjamin's bag, could it? So when they were asked what punishment should we put forward if we find the thief, they said they take him as a slave. And Allah made it such that they found it in Biniya means bad. So now you must be taken as what? As a slave. <laughs> right? They asked you people the law, you gave the law, and now you are found guilty. Now you want to say no, but let's use another law. Right? It's almost like in school sometimes. Right? The teacher might ask the class, if we find this one guilty or we find that it came from this class, what should the punishment be? Then the class say, maybe keep them in for half an hour, whatever it might be. And then the teacher found out that it is someone in the class. Then they say, no, but it wasn't us, it was him. But at the end of the day, you people said what the punishment must be. Go ask the village. Right? Meaning go ask the people of the village. Right? If I tell you, go ask the town. So you go ask the town or the people in the town. Right? You can't ask the town. You all can't speak. So we ask the people in the town. Go ask the people of the village that we came or ask the caravan that we came in and we are telling the truth. So now they're speaking to their father. Yaqub knows his son is not a thief. Even the brothers would never have thought that he stole. But they saw clearly and he was quiet. So now you can imagine... That if he was set up, he would have been protesting. But he is quiet because Nabi Yusuf obviously told him too what the story is, what the plan is. And that's why he kept quiet. Imagine, you've never ever taken anything in your life and now people accuse you. Are you going to remain quiet? No. So he obviously knew what Nabi Yusuf's plan was. Qala فَصَبَرٌ جَمِيلٌ عَسَى اللَّهُ أَيَّا جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ hakim. So he he said, Nay, but your own selves have beguiled you into something. Right? Your own selves, your people's nafs has made you do something. So patience is most befitting for me. May be Allah will be... Right? Maybe Allah will bring him back, will bring them back, and see here He uses them, so He still believes that Nabi Yusuf is alive and bring them back to all of me. For indeed, it is only Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Al Alimul Hakim. He is the All-Knowing, the All-Wise. And again here we see that He uses the the term fasabarun Jamil, and we spoke about. That patient about beautiful patience and patience in the lessons before this. Asaya is harfu tamanni, meaning that I am optimistic. I hope. In English, we will say, in simple terms, inshallah. Right? If Allah wills. And this is how we say it that I am optimistic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring all of them back. So now they're saying that there are three kids missing. Yusuf is missing, Binyamin is missing, and the eldest son is missing. The scholars say that after Yusuf and Binyamin, his favorite son was his eldest son. And this also shows that he was the most righteous. So all three of his favorite sons, they are now out of his sight. And he's still optimistic. He says that Allah will bring all of them back. Because indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most knowledgeable. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most wise. And indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-hakim. That he is the one that has and the possessor of all wisdom. So inshallah we will stop here. And next week, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we will do the remaining verses and finish the surah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illa. أستغفرك وأتوب إليك